Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim, as in Jesus Course in Miracles.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday, Monday through Friday, from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are continuing our reading of chapter 22 with the last eight paragraphs of the Laws of Chaos, paragraphs 32 through 40. And uh, at the top of the hour, <clears throat> we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. And I will turn the tone up. And, uh, sorry, and, uh, and so at the top of the hour, we'll, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, lesson 256, God is the only goal I have today. All right, and uh, <clears throat> so uh, one more time, I will view this. Reading list that we have, we have uh, Lori, Fran, Karen, Robin Marie, and Lana are reading, and Ida and Diana joined in listening. Is there anyone else who would like to say good morning and try and or join the reading list? Uh, good morning, Mrs. Donna. I'll read. Hello? Okay. Hi, Donna. Okay. Morning. I have trouble with this mute thing, so if I get too bad, I'll hang up. Hi. Oh. Hi. It's okay. Is there anyone else who would like to say good morning? Yeah, good morning, Lemoyne, Siobhan. I can read, too, if you need a reader. Okay. Thank you, Lon. Mm-hmm. Good morning, it's Harrison. I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. Welcome. All right. Thank you for being here. And so, let me ask uh, Lori. Do you have something prepared? To- Abba's uh, birthday gift for us this morning? Oh, boy, am I ever glad you asked today. Lemoyne, I have a really great one. It's a poem from Hafiz called The Stairway of Existence. 
We are not in pursuit of formalities or fake religious laws. For through the stairway of existence, we have come to God's door. We are people who need to love because love is the soul's life. Love is simply creation's greatest joy. Through the stairway of existence, oh, through the stairway of existence, Huffies, have you now come, have we all now come to the beloved's door? We are not in pursuit of formalities. Rather, God is the only goal we have today. Amen. Knocked it out of the park. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lori. It was perfect. Beautiful poem. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Well, I'll get it started with the reading here from The Laws of Chaos with uh, paragraph 32. No one wants madness, nor does anyone cling to his madness if he sees that this is what it is. What protects madness is the belief that it is true. It is the function of insanity to take the place of truth. It must be seen as truth to be believed. And if it is the truth, then must, then must its opposite, which was the truth before, be madness now. Such a reversal, completely turned around, with madness sanity, illusions true, attack of kindness, hatred love, and murder benediction, is the goal the laws of chaos serve. These are the means by which the laws of God appear to be reversed. Here do the laws of sin appear to hold love captive and let sin go free. Laurie? So picking up section 3, the laws of chaos, at paragraph 32, no one wants madness nor does anyone cling to his madness if he sees that this is what it is. What protects madness is the belief that it is true. This is the function of insanity to take the place of truth. It must be seen as truth to be believed. And if it is the truth, then must its opposite, which was the truth before, be madness now. Such a reversal, completely turned around, with madness, sanity, illusions true, attack, a kindness, hatred, love, and murder, benediction, is the goal the laws of chaos serve. These are the means by which the laws of God appear to be reversed. Here do the laws of sin appear to hold love captive and let sin go free. 33. These do not seem to be the goals of chaos, for by the great reversal, they appear to be the laws of order. How could it be so? Chaos is lawlessness and has no laws. To be believed, its seeming laws must be perceived as real. Their goal of madness must be seen as sanity. And fear, 
with ashen lips and sightless eyes, blinded and terrible to look upon, is lifted to the throne of love. It's dying conqueror, it's substitute, the savior from salvation. How lovely do the laws of fear make death appear. Give thanks unto the hero on love's throne, who saved the Son of God for fear and death. Thank you, Laurie. And Fran? 33. These do not seem to be the goals of chaos, but by the great reversal, they appear to be the laws of order. How could it not be so? Chaos is lawlessness and has no laws. To be believed, its seeming laws must be perceived as real. Their goal of madness must be seen as sanity. And fear, with ashen lips and sightless eyes, blinded and terrible to look upon, is lifted to the throne of love. Its dying conqueror, its substitute, the savior from salvation. How lovely do the laws of fear make death appear. Give thanks unto the hero on love's throne, who saved the Son of God for fear and death. 34. And yet, how can it be that laws like these can be believed? There is a strange device that makes it possible, nor is it unfamiliar, but we have seen how it appears to function many times before. In truth, it does not function, yet in dreams, where only shadows play the major roles, it seems most powerful. No law of chaos could compel belief but for the emphasis on form and disregard of content. No one who thinks that one of them is true sees what it says. Some forms it takes seem to have meaning, and that is all. Thank you, Claire. And Karen? 34. And yet, how can it be that laws like these can be believed? There is a strange device that makes it possible. Nor is it unfamiliar. We have seen how it appears to function many times before. In truth, it does not function. Yet in dreams where only shadows play the major roles, it seems most powerful. No law of chaos could compel belief but for the emphasis on form and disregard of content. No one who thinks that one of them is true sees what it says. Some forms it takes seem to have meaning, and that is all. 35. How can some forms of murder not mean death? Can an attack in any form be love? What form of condemnation is a blessing? Who makes his Savior powerless and finds salvation? Let not the form of the attack on him deceive you. You cannot seek to harm him and be saved. Who can find safety from attack by turning on himself? How can it matter what the form this madness takes. It is a judgment that defeats itself, condemning what it says it wants to save. 
Be not deceived when madness takes a form you think is lovely. What is intent on your destruction is not your friend. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. 35. How can some forms of murder not mean death? Can an attack in any form be loved? What form of condemnation is a blessing? Who makes his Savior powerless and finds salvation? Let not the form of the attack on him deceive you. You cannot seek to harm him and be saved. Who can find safety from attack by turning on himself? How can it matter what the form this madness takes? It is the judgment that defeats itself, condemning what it says it wants to save. Be not deceived when madness takes a form you think is lovely. What is intent on your destruction is not your friend. 36. You would maintain and think it true that you do not believe these senseless laws nor act upon them. And when you look at what they say, they cannot be believed. Brothers, you do believe them. For how else could you perceive the form they take with content such as this? Can any form of this be tenable? Yet you believe them for the form they take and do not recognize the content. It never changes. Can you paint rosy lips upon a skeleton, dress it in loveliness, pet it and pamper it, and make it live? And can you be content with an illusion that you are living? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lana. Okay, uh, 36. You would maintain and think it true that you do not believe these senseless laws nor act upon them. And when you look at what they say, they cannot be, be believed. Brother, you do believe them. For how else could you perceive the form they take with content such as this? Can any form of this be tenable? Yet you believe them for the form they take and do not recognize the content. It never changes. Can you paint rosy lips upon a skeleton, dress it in loveliness, pet it and pamper it and make it live? And can you be content with an illusion that you are living? 37. There is no life outside of heaven. Where God created life, their life must be. In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. At worst, like death. Yet both are judgments on what is not life, equal in their inaccuracy and lack of meaning. Life not in heaven is impossible, and what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusions stands 
senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, and yet perceived as an eternal barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Their content is never true. Thank you, Lana and Donna. Um, let's see. 37. Yeah. There's no life out of heaven. Where God created life, there life must be. <clears throat> In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. At worst, like death. <clears throat> Yet both are judgments on what is not life, equal in their inaccuracy and lack of meaning. Love, not heaven. Love. Life, life not in heaven is impossible. And what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusions stands. Senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, and yet perceived as an eternal barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Their content is never true. 38. Hello? But 38. 38. The law? 38. The law of chaos govern all illusions. Their forms conflict, making it seem quite possible to value some above the others. Yet each one rests surely on the belief the laws of chaos are the laws of order as do the others. Each one upholds these laws completely, <clears throat> offering a certain witness that these laws are true. The seeming gentler forms of the attack are no less certain in their witnessing of their results. Certain it is illusions will bring fear because of the beliefs that they imply, not for their form and lack of faith and love in any form attest to the chaos of reality. Thank you, Donna. And Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne. The laws of chaos... You can hear me, right? Yes, I'm getting a okay. little echo, but I think that's cleared now. Yeah, there's an echo. Yeah, it's good. Go, go, Yvonne. Sorry, go ahead, Yvonne, with 38. <laughs> Maybe there's an unmuted line. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, okay, 38. The laws of chaos govern all illusions. Their forms conflict making it seem quite possible to value some above the others. 
yet each one rests as surely on the belief of the laws of chaos or the laws of order as do the others. Each one upholds these laws completely, offering a certain witness that these laws are true. The seeming gentler forms of the attack are no less certain in their witnessing or the results. Certain it is, illusions will bring fear because of the beliefs that they imply, not for their form. And the lack of faith in love in any form attests to chaos as reality. From the belief in sin, the faith in chaos must follow. It is because it follows it is because it follows that it seems to be a logical conclusion, a valid step in ordered thought. The steps to chaos do follow neatly from their starting point. Each is a different form in the progression of truth reversal, leading still deeper into terror and away from truth. Think not one step smaller than another, nor that return from one is easier. The whole descent from heaven lies in each one, and where your thinking starts, there it must end. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And is there a new reader for 39 and 40? Good morning. This is Jessica. I can read. All right. Uh, thank you, Jessica. Go ahead. Okay. 39. From the belief in sin, the faith in chaos must follow. It is because it follows that it seems to be a logical conclusion, a valid step in ordered thought. The steps to chaos do follow neatly from their starting point. Each is a different form in the progression of truth's reversal, leading still deeper into terror and away from truth. Think not one step is smaller than another, nor that return from one is easier. The whole descent from heaven lies in each one. And where your thinking starts, there must it end. Brothers, take not one step in the descent to hell. For having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are. And they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot upon the twisted stairway that leads from heaven. Yet any instant it is possible to have all this undone. How can you know whether you chose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you sure the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask then your friend to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. 
Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader who would like to read paragraph 40? I will. Ida. Okay, thank you, Ida. Go ahead. You're welcome. 40. Brothers, take not one step in the descent into hell. For having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are, and they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot upon the twisted stairway that leads from heaven. Yet any instant it is possible to have all this undone. How can you know whether you chose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you sure the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask then your capital F friend to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. Amen. Thank you, Ida. And uh, is there another new reader who would, new or old reader who would, <laughs> who would like to read? Forty once more. Hi, uh, Lemoyne. I'll give it a try. Uh, this is Diana. Okay. Thank you, Diana. Uh, you're welcome, and, ha- and happy birthday again, Lori. Number forty. Brothers, take not one step into the descent of hell. For having taken one you will not recognize the rest for what they are, and they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot upon a twisted stairway that leads from heaven. Yet any instant, it is possible to have this all undone. How can you know whether you choose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you sure of the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask them, your friend, to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Okay. Well, and I think today <laughs> um, a little little summary is in order because the end is all about yesterday's reading. So just a quick review of uh, the laws in paragraph 19. Um, The laws of chaos can be brought to light, though never understood. Chaotic laws are hardly meaningful and therefore out of reason's sphere. Yet they appear to constitute an obstacle to reason and to truth. 
Let us then look upon them calmly, that we may look beyond them, understanding what they are, not what they would maintain. They govern nothing and need not be broken, merely looked upon and gone beyond. Twenty, the first chaotic law is that the truth is different for everyone. Twenty-two, the second law of chaos, dear indeed to every worshiper of sin, is that each one must sin and therefore deserves attack and death. And I'll just add the first introduces separation and the second attack. And from paragraph 24, the third preposterous belief that seems to make chaos eternal, if God cannot be mistaken, then he must accept his son's belief in what the son is and hate the son for it. Belief that it's not correctable. I'll add that. And uh, from paragraph 27, the fourth law of chaos, which the others are accepted, must be true. This seeming law is the belief that you have what you have taken. <clears throat> and the uh, final principle. I didn't write down the paragraph for Pardon me.
And so the device that makes all this possible is that uh, belief that it is form that determines and not content. No law of chaos could compel belief but for the emphasis on form and disregard of content. But how can it matter what form this madness takes? It is a judgment that defeats itself, condemning what it says it wants to save. Be not deceived when madness takes a form you think is lovely. What is intent on your destruction is not your friend. And uh, the answer from 37 There is no life outside of heaven. Where God created life, there life must be. In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. Life not in heaven is impossible, and what is not in heaven is not anywhere. Outside of heaven, only the conflict of illusion stands. Senseless, impossible, and beyond all reason, and yet perceived as a barrier to heaven. Illusions are but forms. Their content is never true. And these laws of chaos govern all illusions. Their forms conflict, making it seem quite possible to value some above the others, yet each one rests as surely on the belief the laws of chaos are the laws of order, as do the others. Each one upholds all these laws completely, offering a witness that these laws are true. The seeming gentler forms of the attack are no less certain in their witnessing or their results. Illusions will bring fear because of the beliefs that they imply, not for their forms. And lack of faith and love in any form attests to chaos as reality. <clears throat> and the belief in sin, faith in chaos must follow. It is because it follows that it seems to be a logical conclusion. The steps to chaos do follow neatly from their starting point. They're all progression of truth's reversal leading still deeper into terror and away from truth. Think not one step is smaller than another or that return from one is easier. The whole descent lies in each one. Where your thinking starts, there it must end. Take not one step in the descent to hell, for having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are, and they will follow. Attack in any form has placed your foot on the twisted stairway that leads 
from heaven. Yet in any instance, it is possible to have all this undone. How can you know whether you chose the stairs to heaven or the way to hell? Quite easily. How do you feel? Is peace in your awareness? Are you certain which way you go? And are you certain of the goal of heaven can be reached? If not, you walk alone. Ask then your friend to join with you and give you certainty of where you go. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. It was very good. Really helped when you reviewed the four, the five laws of chaos. Yeah. Thanks, Lemoyne. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. You sure did. That was wonderful. Well, thanks, all of y'all for being here and uh, I think the final conclusion points directly at uh, today's lesson. So Fran, would you remind us of uh, today's lesson? Uh Uh-huh. Hi everybody. We are on the second part of the workbook. And the theme that we're on is, what is sin? And today's lesson is lesson 256, God is the only goal I have today. Excuse me. Sasha, read some from what is sin. What is sin? Sin is insanity. It is the means by which the mind is driven mad and seeks to let illusions take the place of truth. And being mad... It sees illusions where the truth should be and where it really is. The body is the instrument the mind made in its striving to deceive itself. Its purpose is to strive. Yet can the goal of striving change? And now the body serves a different aim for striving. Sin is the home of all illusions, which but stand for things imagined, issuing from thoughts which are untrue. They are the, quote, proof that what has no reality is real. Sin, quote, proves God's son is evil. Timelessness must have an end. Eternal life must die. And God himself has lost the son he loves with but corruption to complete itself, himself. His will forever overcome by death, love slain by hate, and peace to be no more. How long, O Son of God, will you maintain the game of sin? Shall we not put away these sharp-edged children's toys? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today. There is no sin. Creation is unchanged. Would you still hold back, still, excuse me, would you still hold return to heaven back? How long, O Holy Son of God, how long? 
So we'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 256. God is the only goal I have today. The way to God is through forgiveness here. There is no other way. If sin had not been cherished by the mind, what need would there have been to find a way to where you are? Who would still be uncertain? Who could be unsure of who he is? And who could yet remain asleep in heavy clouds of doubt about the holiness of him whom God created sinless? Here we can but dream. But we can dream we have forgiven him in whom all sins remain impossible. And it is this we choose to dream today. God is our goal. Forgiveness is the means by which our minds return to him at last. And so, our Father, would we come to you in your appointed way. We have no goal except to hear your voice and find the way your sacred word has pointed out to us. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 256. God is the only goal I have today. And so, our Father, would we come to you in your appointed way. We have no goal except to hear your voice and find the way your sacred word has pointed out to us. Lesson 256, God is the only goal I have today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Oh, thank you, friend. Lovely. Beautiful, beautiful friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. I had some thoughts uh, to share. First, I just want to review one line that was in the reading from um, paragraph 32. It says, What protects madness is the belief that it is true. And so I changed the word what protects sin is the belief that it is true. And um, what meant a lot to me, uh, why that meant a lot to me is that um, it says that form is an illusion, that that seeing form and believing in form, the proof, the proof that there is sin is in form. And I, and I thought about that this morning and I was thinking, you know, when, when I see 
a brother who has bad behavior, you know, or who's truly acting out. That's the form. The form is, first of all, it's the body of the other person and the, the separateness of the other person. But believing that that separate body is doing something that's, you know, absolutely unacceptable, that's the form. The um, content of my brother is his Christ self. And my body's eyes are looking at the form and fixating on the form, which, in, which means it's, it's fixating on the madness. It's fixating on the illusion. And the laws of chaos govern the illusion. The whole paradigm is an illusion. And the laws of chaos govern this paradigm. Um, our illusion, illusions, it says, are form without content, without truth, without content that, that's true, false. And um, it said, I thought um, today's lesson, God is, the, God is the only goal I have today. God is the content and form is the world. Um, God is the only, is my only goal today. My only goal is to see the truth in this world, which is peace and love and light and kindness and forgiveness. And forgiveness is um, giving up illusions. That's what forgiveness means to me. You know, forgiveness means that we are giving up the illusions of the body's eyes and the body's ears and the separate bodies in this um, dream world of this reality. Instead, it's choosing the, the truth, which is where we all dissolve into the light and into the love of oneness. So the laws of chaos govern illusions, and illusions are formed without true content. Life, life, really, life only exists in heaven. Outside of heaven is the conflict of illusions. Illusions bring fear, and lack of form, lack of love, in form, attests to chaos. So everything that lacks love in form is a testimony or proof of chaos. Faith in chaos and belief in sin is the reversal of truth. And then it said in the reading, how do you know if you've gone on this descent into hell? And the answer is if you don't have peace. If you don't have peace, you are on the ego descent to hell. Attack in any form makes one sets one alone in the descent to hell. So... The form is the behavior. And this was especially meaningful to me. I'll just say one more thing is um, I've been struggling with a lot of problems in my family, not myself personally, but between my daughter and her husband. And um, this behavior, you know, the behavior the spotlight is on this crazy behavior. And that's the form. And it's so important to remember, to recognize that if I'm looking at the form, if I'm concentrating on the form, if I'm amplifying the form, I am in the uh, 
illusion of chaos. That I have to look past form into the true content. The um, content of illusions is fear and sin and lack of love. But in truth, the content is God. I'm complete. Bravo, bravo. Well spoken. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Oh, Karen, that was so wonderful and so clear. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Lana, and Karen, your sharing uh, ties in so brilliantly with what occurred with me yesterday. I I had a conversation with my daughter about her picking up my heart medicine this morning, and um, and everything went awry. <laughs> you know, she said she would, and then uh, came this morning. And no word from her, no response from her message. My messages is like she disappeared, and and I I uh, I fell right into that trap. It was so amazing, just how you outlined it, Karen. You know where I, for a moment, I looked at the form of it, the behavior and forgot to look at the content and and the confusion of the two is very similar i find within my own experience of confusing cause and effect um we can get drawn in by the effect but uh the healing comes when i go within and look at the cause you know with jesus and so um uh, this morning um I went out on the porch because just like it says in the text reading and what you shared, I I looked at how I felt and I wasn't at peace. So um, I don't tolerate that very often anymore. You know, as soon as there's any indication that my peace is um, gone or missing or diminished, you know, it's, it's like into unity I go in meditation and join with God. And it was so funny. It was just before the call, and um, I went in. Uh, to, I went out. I went outside because I wanted to get away from the distractions, you know, of the TV and notifications on Facebook and and all those other things. And I just wanted some quiet. And so I went out on the porch. And I meditated for, you know, about 15 minutes. And I, I could feel that peace returning as if, um, you know, making my awareness, making the healing come to my awareness as being accomplished. And sure enough, I came inside and there was a message from Maggie saying, oh, I'm so sorry, Mom. I overslept. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to be distracted and um, to confuse those things. And and uh, Jesus uh, gives us uh, such a clear picture 
of how, you know, I can be deceived by the form rather than going back into the, con- looking at the content, which, um, as you shared, is uh, Karen is always love. And, and the other funny thing that happened this morning was that um, I get notifications of birthdays. And, and right before Laurie's birthday, happy birthday again, Laurie, there was a notification of, from another fr- of another friend's birthday, and her name was Sinless Cindy. <laughs> and I thought that was just the perfect um, validation of the sinlessness that I saw once again in my daughter and in myself um, that, um, you know, validated that healing. <laughs> it was just kind of, um, you know, a small disruption of my peace didn't last very long, but it just is so amazing how it can creep up on you and how you can just be sucked into it. And before you know it, there you are sitting in chaos. (laughs) But um, as Jesus tells us, um, heaven, you know, is just a thought away. All I have to do is return my mind to the pure and, and real content of who I am, who my daughter is, what the world is, what my body is, you know, it's it's just um, that confusion of the chaos that can, uh, for uh, an unholy instant, be a little more captivating than um, staying in peace. So anyhow, that was so good, um, Karen. Thank you so much for your beautiful share and uh, for um, everybody for listening. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Lana, for also highlighting Clark and Effect. That was very helpful. Yeah. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, Lana. Yeah, and I just want to draw out a little bit more of the cause and effect. You know, the means and end are one. And uh, it makes it clear to me that, you know, I like to pretend that I can take one step and and then deal with the, you know, deal with parts of it at least. And um, <clears throat> but that dealing with the other parts of what it describes as the laws of chaos here, it always involves conflict. <laughs> and so, you know, to take one of them on to move into the mode of conflict, and with that as the means then the end is just more conflict. And, you know, if it actually become the goal, it just becomes like falling down the stairway into hell. And, uh, And, you know, in truth, means and end are one. 
I don't think it's any different in the way that this thing turns into a snowball that appears to run away with us. But that requires the view that I am powerless and... uh, Yeah, the only thing that I've found <laughs> in my recent experimentation on the uh, stairway is to uh, the only thing I found that works is wholehearted desire for peace, which goes right back again to the thing. Uh, how do I know where I'm at and what I'm doing is how do I feel? You know, at peace in my awareness. And this whole exercise of trying to you know, preserve parts of it and fight my way out of the illusion with some part of it is really <laughs> not giving me certainty. It never provides certainty. And so... Yeah, the only goal then becomes the return home. And uh, now, I'm just remembering that what I want is peace. It's not going to be found through messing with these. Um, uh, sharp-edged children's toys? <laughs> anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Lemoyne. What you said is um, the wholehearted desire for peace is another way of saying today's lesson, which is God is the only goal I have today. Thank you. Oh, um, yes. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This is Jessica. I just want to thank Lemoyne and Lana and Karen. I was driving, but I, I really, really got a lot out of each of your shares. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. This is Donna. And um, I tried to get here yesterday, but, you know, the Holy Spirit guides my life, and I'm not kidding. <clears throat> and I can only do what he, what he guides. And what is said, the lesson today and the reading were really meaningful to me. <clears throat> and metapsychiatry, which is a teaching I've been in since 1998, would be dead were not for the book. The only, uh, Dr. Horde um, describes sin. The only sin is ignoring God. And it came to me, what is ignoring God? And it is willfulness. 
So that's what I got out of the first paragraph of what is sin. And then we live, the lesson is, <laughs> this book is about, we, we, own, we live only illusion hyphen insanity. And reality, our reality is that we are really living love hyphen intelligence at the same time. And love hyphen intelligence is Dr. Horace's uh, words for God on the act of love hyphen intelligence. And then the lesson 256 really got me because I read something else last night before I went to sleep. <clears throat> and um, yet, and, and, and about the third or fourth sentence, he says, and, and who would yet remain asleep? And the next sentence or two, he says, here we dream, but dream, I drop words, but dream, the dream we can have is that we dream we forgive him, we forgive God. <laughs> and, and the idea that the Holy Spirit can use the dream that the ego would keep us in hell with and deeply asleep with, he can use that dream to say, oh, yeah, I, 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 I forgive you, God, and I wake up today. So I just thought that was really simple and quite incredible. <clears throat> and how sleep and dream were so important. In Genesis 2.21, it is said, and God put Adam asleep. And nowhere in Scripture does it say that God woke Adam up. And another place, St. Paul says, in Ephesians 5.14, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So, so that was just powerful. And the other thing I noticed in the reading today was all the times he uses the word believe, belief, believed. And I, I, every time I see it, my hair bristles because I understand that belief and believing and, 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 and believing and belief is the counterfeit to faith. So the, the ego are this dream life we live. Oh, I believe this. Oh, I believe that. And I believe. And, and, and what we need to do is not believe, but know. But in paragraph uh, 37, which I marked up into oblivion, uh, so it says that there's no life outside of heaven. So we cannot really have faith in what does not exist. So there's where God uses faith, and I think it's Romans 12, 3, where it says, and God gave to every man a measure of faith. Now, that faith ain't got nothing to do with belief. Then um, the Father, see, okay, so uh, one other thing, because illusions were meant, the illusion was meant so much, so much, and sleep is meant so much, so much, and I don't know if anyone here is, is familiar with the secret teachings of Jesus and the secret book of John, 
from the Nag Hammadi scrolls. But in, in the secret book of John, in chapter 16, uh, Jesus talks about the sleep. He, and he talks about, um, well, basically the sleep. He talks about the sleep. And he talks about, he's finished here, and he talks, uh, it's just very clear, you could see the book of John show up in this, um, 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 particularly John 17, 4, 19, 30, which whereas Jesus says, I am finished. <clears throat> and John uh, 5, 24, where he says something, but I can't remember what it is now. But the point I'm making is, Jesus says in um and 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 sixteen twelve in in this John thing, a sleeper wept and shed bitter tears, wiping them away. The sweep the sleeper said, "Who is calling my name?" <laughs> I just thought that was so awesome. And um, Jesus says, "I raised the sleeper and sealed the sleeper in the luminous." water with five seals that death might not prevail from that moment on. And with that, I will say thanks be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing me to this class today. Thank you for my faithful brothers and sisters who are so faithful doing this. Happy birthday to Lori and I am complete. Mm, thank you, Donna. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad you're back on here today. Love you. Yeah. Thanks. Me too. Thank Thanks for coming. Thank you, Donna. Hmm. And yeah, Donna, I, I apologize for that. <laughs> interrupting you at the beginning of that very, very uh, <laughs> powerful walk. <laughs> it's like <laughs> showing us, well, there is an elevator on every step on that stairway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway um, I, yeah, I think your phone is on speaker, and that's fine, um, but you're, you're coming through loud and... Uh, sound is clipping like it's you need to just move the mic a little further from your mouth if you're on speaker if you need speaker to hear that's fine but you know just the mic also gets cranked up when you put it on speaker and so it's anyway i'm sorry i didn't do that earlier this is donna just see how ignorant ignorance can be because i don't understand my phone at all I usually call from the car, but I forgot to do that today. I uh, thank you, thank you, Moyne, for for letting me know that. I appreciate it. I am complete. Mm, just to end on the right note, thank you again for that chair very much. This is Jessica. I just had this idea after what Donna said. I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if when we join with Holy Spirit and we tell the ego, oh, 
Yeah, thanks for your suggestion today about uh, attacking someone or holding a grievance or, you know, focusing on pain. Um, but never mind, I'm not really interested in that today. And wouldn't it be wonderful if the ego said, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I think I'm going to practice that. Thank you. I don't know why it struck me that way. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> Hi, it's Donna. Um, you know, I'm I'm so glad Donna you shared on belief and faith and um I know for me, you know, I can stumble and it's not that, you know, I don't have faith. Um, I, I guess we all have faith in something, but it's it's when my faith is misdirected into believing the ego thought system. And as we share a lot on on here about, you know, we see what we believe and we believe what we see, and it's it's kind of like a ego at catch twenty two. <laughs> you know, I see it because. I perceive it as being real, and because I perceive it as believe, being real, I believe it's true. You know, so it's so circular <laughs> in nature, and it does take a miracle to get me um, out of that. What's the word? Um, mire or confusion or forgetfulness, and the other the other thing that happens is. Um, you know, I can't be in, and we, and I share a lot about this too because it's so important in my recognition um, of truth. It's I can't be in two thought systems at the same time. You know, when, and when I remember one, I forget about the other, and it works both ways. You know, if if I'm in chaos, the chaotic thought system of the ego. All of truth just kind of disappears from my memory while I'm still there. And when I'm in truth, then um, and functioning from uh, my true and aligning from and from the perspective of my true self, then all this nonsense about the ego, it seems like how could I ever buy into that? And why would I ever choose it? You know, so. Uh, Jesus gives us a simple remedy. You know, it's a simple one for me. And he asked me, are you in peace? Do you like what you made? <laughs> no! <laughs> and that will automatically point my mind from go- looking outward to looking inward to the cause or to the content instead of the form or the effect and thinking that um, the healing has to be about the effect, the story surrounding um, the truth which um, misdirected my mind and made me fall into, stumble into believing for a moment that it could be, that it could possibly be true that I could be separate from myself. I could be separate from my oneness and unity in God. What an impossible notion. But uh, if I'm under the, it's kind of like, I don't know how it is for you guys, but it it does seem like a possession. (laughs) 
I'm possessed. And, <clears throat> and I can remember back in the time of Jesus where these people were possessed and they said they were possessed by demons and things. And it does feel like I myself, uh, my true self, has been um, captured or imprisoned. And, um, and it does take a miracle and the remembrance of who I am to make that, to, to dispel the spell. <laughs> and that's how it feels, like the spell is broken. Hooray, I'm back in truth. I remember who I am. I'm back in peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, the whole family of uh, unity and oneness. So I'm complete. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, this is Jessica again. I, I really, I hear what you're saying, Lana. And to me, what he says in paragraph forty is really powerful. Brothers, take not one step in the descent to hell, for having taken one you will not recognize the rest for what they are. And it, it reminds me of, you know, in my, in my former life as a therapist and working with people who had um, substance abuse issues or substance use disorders, I guess, um, that, you know, you, you can try to use moderation and say, well, I'll just have one drink or I'll just have one, whatever it might be, and then I'll stop. But the problem is that once you have one, your thinking is already altered. And then the next step seems completely logical. Oh, well, I feel fine. I, I'm not drunk and, you know, I'm not um, hurting anybody. or I haven't said anything nasty yet. <laughs> I haven't, I, this seems to be fine. So well, I'll have another one. And you know, that's what it's like listening to the ego and taking the descent into hell and following fear, taking the hand of the ego down the path to fear and down the stairway to hell. As soon as you take one step, it seems like the right way to go. And like you were saying, Lana, it's it's like you forget that there's another way to go. At least I do too. And And then when I'm restored to sanity... I think, oh, oh, right, this is, this is home. This is the truth. Oh, th- this is nice. I like this. This is good. Wh- why did I go to that other place? Wh- what was I doing? What was I thinking about? You know, it really is too, true. Um, in, the, in the psycho world, I mean the psycho, psychology world, um, it's called state-dependent learning. So when you're in one state and you learn something, you don't remember it when you're in the other state. And, you know, I don't think Jesus mentions this, but, you know, maybe that's because Freud didn't talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's it felt like a real thing to me. And and um, it's that's when I reach out for a brother or sister to talk to and get some sanity and open my mind because... I'm lost. I'm in the jungle, and I don't know where, I don't see a path at all. You know, it seems like uh, the path, the darkest path seems like the best path sometimes. And um, 
because somehow I don't feel worthy or need to be punished or think I something like that. And that's when I know I need help. And if Holy Spirit, if I can't get still enough in my mind to ask Holy Spirit for help, I, I ask a human being who I know is, is going to uh, share in my discovery of the truth. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. I'm complete. That was just gorgeous. Thank you, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, everybody. Good morning. Go ahead. I just wanted to say good morning that I've joined you. Go ahead, Harrison. Love to hear you. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, what wonderful shares and very illuminating. Um, great lesson today. Uh, incredible reading. Uh, lots to talk about, and uh, I've been uh, really helped by all of your shares. Um, I can't remember who it was that um, shared uh, first, Um, but uh, thank you so much. I think it was Jessica. I'm not sure. Um, But, um, you know, in the last year, it, it seems that we live in two worlds, and uh, we are choosing constantly between those two worlds. And um, one is the world of chaos, uh, which this chapter uh, talks about and illuminates. The other is the world of, of peace, the world of heaven, really. That's the alternatives uh, uh, that we have. And for most of my life, um, I spent trying to bring heaven to hell, basically, uh, trying to clean up this world and make it a better world. To make others in my life better, Uh, my children, uh, my acquaintances, and we need to make the world better. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, through the course I recognize that this is an impossible task. The world is a world of chaos. It's ruled by the laws of chaos. 
And uh, as the reading says in the first paragraph, it's madness. And no one wants madness, nor does anyone cling to his madness if he sees that that's what it is. And what protects madness is the belief that it is true. And that's been my problem, is believing that the madness that I experience, my own madness, as someone talked about addiction, that's one form of my madness. Um, jealousy, um, envy, all of that stuff that makes up this world is a form of madness. And it tells me very directly what protects that madness is belief that it is true. War is madness. All the attack that we see in the media is madness. And what protects that madness is the belief that it is true. And it is the function of insanity to take the place of truth. What I am experiencing in this world is pure and simple insanity. It's madness to believe that God would create a world would create an entity that I call myself that engages in such madness, such an insanity that would believe that illusion, that this illusion is the truth, that would attack kindness would see hatred instead of love, would believe that death is true. This is a madness that we have accepted. Our lives, our experience, our very being is being ruled by the laws of chaos. And we didn't know it. <laughs> we had no idea that this was happening because we feel like we were born into it and we've accepted it as our reality. But as many of you have shared, that's not true. You know, it's so unfortunate 
He says, how lovely do the laws of fear make death appear. Give thanks unto the hero on love's throne who saved the Son of God for fear and death. This was the laws that we have believed. There is no death. The Son of God is free. I am not this body. There is no world. He says very clearly in 37, there is no life outside of heaven where God created life, their life must be. In any state apart from heaven, life is illusion. At best, it seems like life. At worst, like death. That is a very important paragraph. And worth my rereading many times over. And I will conclude with what he said in 36. Can you paint rosy lips upon a skeleton, dress it in loveliness, pet it and pepper it, and make it live? And can you be content with an illusion? that you are living. Hell no. I'm complete. Ooh-wee, thank, thank you, you, Harrison. Oh, that was great, Harrison. Thank you. One of my favorite quotes. Do you imagine you are real? <laughs> oh, only the truth is true and nothing but the truth. Okay. Um. Thank you, Harrison. You really have a good grasp and understanding on this, and I appreciate your explanation. This is Diana. I I do have a little um, uh, block with the word hell because in the in the Bible. Heaven, hell, angels, demons, you know, and coming into the Course in Miracles, you don't see hell mentioned that often. Unless maybe I was just blind to it or it didn't I didn't pop up in my head like it was this morning when that word came up because I don't believe in hell anymore. I don't. I think, you know, what we what we think we create and that becomes our hell but a physical hell because God didn't create hate. We did. God is love. And it's just our choice with how we see this world that creates our hell. So if anybody can jump in with um, the word hell and how how it's being interpreted in A Course in Miracles, because this is kind of playing with my head right now. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Diana. Thank you. 
Hell is is um, his reference to what the ego makes of this experience of life. When I um, allow Ooh. myself to experience life as a personal self, it's simply what the ego makes of it. Uh, it's not a place. In the same way, heaven is not a place or a time. It's simply the state of perfect oneness. Nothing outside of oneness and nothing else but oneness. And, um, and, and for that, I need but ask my mind, where am I? Where am I? Am I locked in this body um, experiencing life through my eyes and my senses? Or is my mind one with God? And when I realize I am as I was created, my mind remains one with God. And I experience life through the leadership of my heart. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that's the real gift, of course, of love. He says in that work, you are the accomplished, which is the same as saying, I am as I was created. I remain as God created me. I'm not a body. I'm free for I'm still as God created me. My mind is one with God. His word for that is capital S self. And if I experience this life, um, well, here's another one. In, paragraph, in chapter 18, paragraph 49, he says, there is nothing outside of you. That's been variously interpreted to mean something like, when I open my eyes, I'm not supposed to see anything. And that would be true if I were locked in this body. But my mind is part of God's. I am very holy. Remember that? Um, so many lessons come together today in this reading. I thought of, I am as God created me. I thought of, it can be but myself I crucify. It can be but myself I bless. I bless the world because I bless myself. When I remember my mind is part of God's and I am very holy, this life does become heaven. He says, life is in the mind and of the mind. And that's the same as saying there's nothing so blinding as sight of form. Because life is in the mind and of the mind. And I felt very moved this morning um, to share a meditation that I used to do that helped me so much recognize where my mind is. If hell is what the ego makes of this experience. Heaven is what the truth makes of this experience. And so, um, for a long time, when I thought I wandered alone in the desert before I came to this group, I did a meditation that helped me remember where my true joy is. And the meditation was simply to make a garden of my mind. A, a beautiful garden, imagining the most beautiful sensory experience I possibly could with the fragrance and the breeze and the bees and the greenness and the lushness of it. And Christ is there with me. And I surrounded this place in my mind with hills. And across the edge of the hills, I would invite all those with whom I seem to have a difficulty. 
And what I experienced in that meditation is available for all of us when we realize my mind is part of God and I am very holy. Heaven is a state of mind and every every person or experience I invite over the edge of that hill to experience this heaven with me makes me feel more complete, more alive, more filled with joy, more um, available to the experience of loving relationship. And I discovered through constant practice of that meditation that I didn't know what my joy was. I didn't know what it was. Ego would tell me my joy is here, my joy is there, my joy is somewhere else. But in point of fact, my joy is in welcoming love. And every experience and person I invited over the hill to this beautiful place in my mind magnified my joy. And sometimes when I feel confused about what I see, I still do that meditation. And I invite my confusion to come across that hill into that beautiful place and share this place with me. And I discover that to welcome, to welcome, to welcome love is the only joy that can be fully known. And so I share that meditation this morning as a gift and I hope it blesses you as much as it's blessed me. I'm complete. Okay, wow. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for that confirmation, Lori, of explaining how because that's how I I for me, whatever I think that's not in alignment with peace or joy or love is how. And that it is ego. It ego is attached to the word hell. So I just needed a confirmation of that. And what you just spoke of was just so beautifully spoken. That needs to be re listened to. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Laurie. What you shared was just gorgeous. My heart was singing, <laughs> listening to you. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Lori. Uh, be happy. Yeah, thank discuss, you, Lori. Be happy to discuss hell on the after call, and if you want to stick with that. Oh, very good. Thank you, Harrison. Well, <clears throat> it is that time, and. Uh, um, Interestingly enough, um, I was led to something that I could it would serve as a close or I could do on the after call. But I'm going to leave the choice up to you, Lori. Oh, please, come ahead. Come ahead. Thank okay. you. Well, I, with this whole thing of uh, is don't take the first step <laughs> or all the others start to unroll and seem logical, seem logical, um, I started, and it may even be in the in the text or the reading or what someone said, but I started thinking of "Turn Back, Old Man" from Gossip, Godspell, the musical. 
and uh, yeah, <laughs> and making me really emotional. So I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to sing it without some practice. But I will. I looked at, searched it up, and uh, I found that it's actually a hymn, even though Godspell came out right about the time of, of A Course in Miracles in the early 70s. And uh, But I found that the actual song lyrics, most of them come from a hymn from 1919. So um, I'll try and deliver that here. Oh. And it goes, Turn back, O man, or swear thy foolish ways. Old now is earth, and none may count her days. Yet thou, her child, whose head is crowned with flame, still wilt not hear thine inner God proclaim. Turn back, O man, or swear thy foolish ways. Earth might be fair, and all men glad and wise. Age after age, their tragic empires rise. Built while they dream, and in that dreaming weep, would man but wake from out his haunted sleep. Earth might be fair, and all men glad and wise. Earth shall be fair, and all her people one. Not till that hour shall God's whole will be done. And that's the original, and uh, Gospel adds, uh, Now, even now, once more from earth to sky, peals forth in joy man's old undaunted cry. Earth shall be fair, and all her people want. Turn back, O man. Or swear that foolish way. And I'm complete. Thank you, everyone. And please stay with us for the episode.